God. Uh, I did not see where that was going. Oh, so bad. Oh. Finish. Eric. Eric COVID. Eric COVID. I what have the, hell, man? the coronavirus. The That's novel coronavirus. The you and your son. SARS COVID 19. Yeah. So. Delta variant? I don't know what variant. I'm thinking maybe Omega. But it's just the best theory we have is that sometime in my travels in the airport, I. Yeah. Or the airplane, although in theory the airplanes are supposed to be pretty safe, but. Um, compared, to the, compared to a crowded airport. Compared to the airport. Basically. And I had my mask on pretty much the whole time, except for maybe sitting at an airport bar sucking on a Heineken. But it, yeah, so I, the, the timeline is that I came back on a f- late on a Thursday and I spent Friday self-quarantining. And then on Saturday, I spent the day with my family and Sunday as well and s- slept Saturday and Sunday nights in the same uh, bedroom as my, as my wife. And I guess Monday and Tuesday too. And then like at the end of Tuesday, I noticed a, like I had a sore throat and a, and a cough, but then I start started to feel like a general, meh, I feel like shit. And I took my temperature and I had a, just a tiny degree of uh, fever. And at that point, I guess the following morning, I woke up and didn't feel that great. And my son also said my belly hurts, just what his symptom has been. And I took his temperature and he was a little high on the high side. And so I told him not to go to school. That was on the Wednesday. That was a good move. That we recorded that. No, that that was on the Thursday because Wednesday was a holiday here. And anyway, on the Thursday, I went to the pharmacy and got these antigen tests, which apparently test for something that marks whether or not there's a lot of the virus in you or not. And it was a nose swab. It wasn't quite a PCR up into your brain thing, but it was an easy enough test to do in a couple minutes. And they said, wait, wait for 30 minutes for your test result. No, they said, wait between 15 and 30 minutes, longer than 30 minutes. It's not accurate, but you need to wait 15 minutes. But like within 30 seconds, there were two very clear lines marking positive. And so since my son was home that day, I did one on him too. And he was also positive. And so then when my daughter got home and then my wife, we tested them as well. And they were both negative. Wonderful. Which makes... Are you separating the house then? It, does, like, like, it doesn't make sense though, because we were so together and breathing the same air and I was hugging and kissing them and stuff. But, but that your ability to get it isn't necessarily equal to your ability to spread it. And so while true. you might've got a big enough hit of it that you snorted it all up and there you were. It, it I took a big old COVID toke. It's just a like, big COVID, big COVID uh, toke and that's it. So the other thing is transmittability if, True. You know, We're all different. If it's if it's not the Delta variant, then it's more likely that a vaccination by your with your daughter and your spouse would not be penetrated. Right. If it wasn't Delta, and even if you uh, have the Delta, you on the other hand might have snorted so much of it, not Delta, but so much of it, yeah. that it was like, no, we broke through, man. It's like the sperm attacking the egg, and they're all after it. Only one gets in, kind of thing. But there you have it. So I shouldn't have been making out with the, with my seat partner in the, the plane. Is that what we're saying? No, I'm not saying that. In fact, it goes without saying. Okay. So, yeah, it, but my sister-in-law, <clears throat> who was with us that weekend, did get it. Whatever. Each of us are more or less likely to receive stuff. So the, and because my daughter had gotten her second vaccine dose, like within 10 days of my positive means that she hasn't been able to go to school this week. If she had been vaccinated a week before, then she would have been cleared to go to school. So she's negative. She doesn't have it, but- So are you splitting your house into, into half? 
A male half and a female half? Because we have this other apartment where my office is, and there's it's a one-bedroom apartment. My son and I have been living over here yeah. for this time, and the girls are in the other place. Okay. And and yeah, so we, we are very lucky in that we have this easy yeah. ability to divide. Like, we have two freaking houses, basically. But yeah. that yeah, does not stop my... That does not stop really both of us, but especially my son from really wanting to be in the other house again. Like, oh, yeah. He's tired of this house. But he's also at the age where you can, if you say, look, this is unprecedented here, have all the screen time you want in a day, he, that mollifies him in a way, whatever. You, yeah, Lucky b- b- barely describes it. It's And the fact that we have almost no symptoms is right. thanks thanks science, I like right. to say. Which, yeah, and also not to let people think that's going to be the case with them necessarily. But you're right. young and healthy, and your family's young and healthy. You yeah, know, we got vaccinated. You got fully vaccinated, and plus you eat well, and you live well, and you're not doing a lot of susceptible things. Some, your trip to Croatia was bound to put you in contact with the virus. And it was a risk that, a similar risk to what I'm taking in a week to go to New York. Apparently, of the 1,500 attendees of the conference, only two of us reported a positive COVID afterwards. So... It yeah. wasn't from the conference. It was from No, us. it was getting and coming. You're, yeah. I was convinced, based on what you said, that the conference attendance was a big eggshell of safety. But getting there and back, particularly back, when you're tired and more susceptible, and you went to all these after parties, you know, one after another, after another, after That's, another. Well, It was a party and then an after party and then an after party. Well, and it's called the after... After, uh, after, after what, party. And then at some point, what is it, what's next party? It's like what's the early after? party at some point. Oh, of course. We start partying before the next day begins. That's right. That's Pre-party. Right. So you, you have some feedback. Oh, I, yes. Uh, yes. So thank you for sending me. I, it was interesting to listen to the entire 30 minutes, which I did in 15-minute increments. And I got to a point in the first 15 minutes when I understood everything you were doing. And because I used the type of form that you were right. describing, and I've been curious about how it's built. So I was struck by how the logic was, shall we say, logical. And at some point, it became clear that you have your own language and of words that are like foreign words to me that could be like coming out of an alien's mouth. Interesting. This is what we call a quago. This is what we call a dewando. Yes, <laughs> I mean, yes. And, and everyone, 1,100 people nodding, yes. Of course we know. But then I, I went through it, and I'm glad I did because two things struck me. Two things struck me more than anything. One is that several, and particularly in the first half, your confidence level being high, your content being sound, simple, more or less cleverly presented with some interesting... <laughs> kind of stick to it, which I kind of like the potion and the, the magic shit and all that. Right. But to make it certainly more interesting, because it is not, it is a dry subject, particularly as you described what everybody understands in that room, a tribe, which of course, in some ways you lead, which is very distinct from, and maybe even prone to enemize those of us who are not technically uh, astute. And there was a reference you made to the non-IT world, and I was certain that it was capitalized and you could turn it into an acronym. <laughs> oh, no. I, I raised my hand and I said, that's me. So, Do you remember but, what I said? Do you remember what the word was? Exactly. Non-technical people, maybe. Said, I think, but, I thought so. Yeah, I, I definitely said that, that phrase. But this is what struck me why I was glad I stuck around through it, was because when you showed how the software developed the logic model in terms of a process chart, and it was a basic flow chart. Yep. I about fell off, as it turns out, the couch. Uh-huh. Because the work I do creates those processes painstakingly using Visio. Yes. And I can't imagine after getting a professional Visio stenographer 
to record an active meeting of eight people who, through a, a, a committee structure, if you will, are creating the flowchart of how a case right. moves from one point of the system to the other. Simple stuff. That's what we do in my world. And in your world, you just do your work, and then this thing you develop gives it to you. And I'm like, I'm going to hire you to do the people that wrote that visualizer are friends of mine i did not write that but it is super amazing hey do you know what you need in your meetings you need a physiotherapist yeah because yeah. just to get you through the so the physiotherapist says so as you're talking i can't help thinking about which comes first <laughs> which feeling comes first and then looking at each of those two feelings which direction do they each take you which proceeds it's a physiotherapist yeah the that's one of the cool things and the, the, what's crazy about this particular technology is that it's based on 40-year-old academic papers. The people that originally invented what they call this finite state machine, where you're, a great example is a digital watch. So you're looking, you've got your typical digital watch and you press a button and now you're in uh, stopwatch mode or something. And now another button will start and stop and another one does reset. And then you can press another button to go back to the main watch mode. And this concept of modeling the current state of your application is, it, it's ancient. And it's what like all video games use, but it was forgotten or whatever for, for what it is that I do of building web pages and stuff. And we model the current state of the application in a totally different way that is much more error prone than this particular way of, the visualization is like this perk that you get at the end, but yeah, it right. makes so much more sense to think about the way that your program is working with this state machine before you even get to the visualization. Right. And my biggest regret is from that from that talk was that there was a button I could have pressed on my screen that would have built that chart as I was typing. Oh. And that would have just blown the fucking room to shreds. Yeah. Because yeah. it would have been like, yeah. holy shit. Because yeah. there was a whole bunch of time where I was typing and I was saying, and this goes to this, and you hit previous, and you go to this, and you go next to this. But if I had that like running where it was generating this chart in real time, that would just would have been so amazing. But, I had uh, a question. First, before I ask my question. You there. And, and if I, I wanted to say the biggest reason and the second reason that I was glad I went all the way through it. The first, of course, was the, what we're talking about now, the logic yep. chart or the process chart. The next thing was how you talked about and then gave away access to shit that'll make them work better. And your intro to that, before you introduced what it was you meant, you made a statement about working in environments mm -hmm. and getting in a zone. And it was the best thing you said and how you said it for the entire 30 minutes. Sweet. It made all of what I sat through, which I'm going to say worth it. I shouldn't yeah. say that at all because it was worth it. Not but it, this was the icing on the cake, as you might say, the, the veritable icing on the cake. And um, that, that part was like, feel like the, in general, the idea that someone has invited me to come talk. And the idea is that I'm going to spew out a bunch of technical knowledge for the people there to understand and to use in their work. And I feel bad giving a spiel, a little sales pitch at the end. Because... It, it, it actually, it, and you tried to do this, and I'm telling you, you succeeded. It wasn't a pitch. It right. was an opportunity. You gave them something. You gave them something of value. It wasn't a pitch. A pitch would be if you do something like that but not give them anything. <laughs> a pitch would be go to our website. What you did was you said, I'm going to talk to you about this. I'm going to give it to you. 
Yeah. And that, and certainly a pitch man would say, well, of course, that was the pitch, an exceptionally well done one, where the pitchy doesn't know that the pitcher is pitching. Because what they're focused on is, oh, wow. Because when you said what you said, some percentage of people in that room said, yeah, I really agree. What, uh, and so what? And so you say, so here's this thing. And they look at each other and they go, cool, right? Yeah. What I love about my current role is that I'm building a thing for people like me. And it's so easy for me to sell what I'm, what we yes. make because it's for people like me and I, and I can express You're, that. Yes. And that expression, you, the expression that you made, that feeling you made was one of absolute excitement. That's why that statement stood out. You were interesting and very almost erudite throughout the thing, but you showed passion. <laughs> Only then, not until then, not any, and your voice was a different octave. You spoke at a different pace. You were more animated facially and physically. And if I were you, I would say, okay, I got this 30 minutes. How can I market this? That's the clip. That's the clip that you say into this crowd in that voice, panning the crowd, which I'm sure you've got a view of that somewhere because there was cameras all over the place. Right. If they, with that, and that was the actual stadium you showed being built where you were, or yeah. just another one? That was where I was. And so the case is that the photography that was there throughout that was there throughout yours. Yeah. And so there must be any number of panning the crowds. But the point is that, that the, the, and here's the question, and then I'll bring all this together, but here's the question. On a scale of one to five, Two. given the world you work in, given your skill level, uh-huh. not theirs, but yours. So it's a two-part question yours, what was, on a scale of one to five, what was the difficulty of the work you were describing or the complexity of the work you're describing compared to all the work that's in your portfolio on a scale of one to five for you? Where five is difficult? Five is, this is challenging shit. Okay. And one is, you know, as you, as you may know. Right. So this is, as often happens, this is fairly high level stuff. Stuff, but it's also what I do all day. Is it very elementary, though? To, to, to me, to... what I built was quite elementary. So that's the question. It's about you. Yes. For Not me, it was a one and a half out of five. Okay. So this was my guess. Was it two? Right. That's what I thought. And it's written down right over here. Let me show you the paper. So <laughs> the same question, when they looked at it, by majority, plurality, or whatever, in general that audience heard something that in their world was a level of complexity of what? If yours was 1.52, what was theirs? In general, it's a big generalization. There's 1,100 people who Look, went. I'm gonna say four and a half because, yeah. because what I demonstrated was probably a way of programming yes. that none of them has ever done before. And, and oh, my goal oh, was to do a fairly simple introduction yes. into how yes. that is done with yes. a little bit of complexity. There was that one step where you had to jump over one one step, yep. and that's yes. all the complexity yes. that I wanted to get. Yes. But what you did with them was you provided them what they might even, interesting certainly, they may even say provocative or exceptional information. And you had their interest the entire time. There wasn't a lot of sound of fidgeting or people talking or anything it was clear by your demeanor right. that the crowd was engaged yeah i had to say everybody shut the fuck up a couple times but yeah. no it was yeah. you were engaging and that's what i said earlier. but my guess was quite a bit their level of oh wow to this was at least twice as much or more than yours 
because yeah. I realized that you, as senior, are talking to the people that I know who go to a lot of conferences aren't a lot of seniors. They're people who are earlier on. They're in the they're in the beginning of their careers rather than the end. Under an old dog, new tricks mantra. But in that, what I fact, my favorite talks that I watch are the ones where when it's over, I my sensation is, oh my god, I want to go use that and build a thing. Yeah, and do you think so, they walked so away with that? And so that's what I try and instill in in people. Do you think and, they walked away with that with the forms training? I, I think so. But again, as I mentioned last week. None of the attendees ever came up to tell me anything. Don't you, the, the, and the conference is on evidence-based that they didn't do an evaluation? There were, there, there was a rating system in some app, but like I got eight ratings or something, which- Out of 1,100? Yeah, so who right. knows? Like I, I, I also watched a bunch of talks and didn't go to the app to rate anybody because it didn't, it wasn't presented in that way. Like if there had been like a reminder where the MC came back on and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. go to your app and uh, plug in what you thought of this talk or whatever. We got one more thing to tell you, but before we do, we're going to take about three minutes and go to that app. I'll be right. right back with you. Here it is on the screen. One more thing. I'll be right back. Exactly. Stuff like that. So yeah, no, I don't have a lot of feedback in that way. Well, but... that's, that's unprofessional, by the way. That I find that remarkably unprofessional that an organization that purports as this one does to follow some degree of science. And not to confuse necessarily what you do as a tactical skill as science. Right. It is built on a lot of science, but in itself, it's not a scientific enterprise. It's a tactical enterprise, which I think are two different things. Technical exercise built on a great deal of science, in fact, almost but, kind of science fiction shit. That's what you do for a living. You're like in the real live version of what the science fiction writers were talking about. Know, and right? they made up all this wild shit. And you're like, hey, man, I do that. Yeah. But so now I want to tie this all together with Hi. what I'm about, with, with my, my conclusion of the highlight of the event being your passionate excitement for letting them see this product. And the best part of that was why you were excited, why you were excited, because what you said to them was, I am in your world and I'll tell you, I know what it's like for all of us to have to do this work, which is at the end of the day, kind of tedious. Mm hmm repetitive once you pass the creative software and you do then you just a bunch of data entry it's entry after entry after entry after entry after entry after entry and you were excited compare that excitement to the excitement of a 1.5 dynamo a dynamic standard of presentation 1.5 speaking to a group of uh, five, level five, your level of excitement could only be so high. Right. Because your excitement about what you consider elementary stuff as well, your excitement would be, I don't know, elementary? Yeah. Right? But yeah. you were excited. You were enthusiastic. You said, oh, wow, this is cool. Let's do this. That wasn't passion, though. That was just interest in minor excitement. Showmanship. So here's the clip, and I want you to, to consider doing this if, just for me. Okay. Let's clip that and figure out what you want to show on the screen because as right, just it's a close-up of you saying what you were saying. It's your head and shoulder shot, pretty much what was on the tape, mm -hmm. a little closer than that. And then you put your product, you slide your product stuff in one line at a time. And I will tell you what, you send that upstairs to the honchos and they'll say, whoa. Oh, I've shared the, I've shared my talk with, Everyone oh, no, I company. don't mean the talk. I, mean, I don't mean the talk, although that's what I mean. This clip, this ad, boom. So 
I got a couple things we need to talk about. Yeah. So I'm the on part of me thinks that I could create an entire talk all about what it means to be a computer programmer and getting into this flow state and et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think there's enough material there to talk about all the psychology behind flow and stuff. Like I just barely that's a, touched that's a on- keynote. That's a keynote speech. Yeah, I just barely touched on, but it's a keynote speech, but God, it feels like an ad. But however, well, you, there are other you, talks that I go to where it's technical stuff about, hey, this is how to use this database product to, to streamline your bottom line, blah, 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 blah. And the person is an employee of that database product. And so maybe there's some potential there. You're very effective, is what, from what I've seen in that clip, at responding to that issue. And so, in fact, I think you responded to it so well that I think it's, I think it's highly exceptional. So that's why I'm suggesting cutting and clipping it, which, which I hope you will do. And you've got to push through two things. One is somehow you think it's a pitch. This is just, Business. it's what it is. It's what it is. And if you want to feel a little better about it, put it on, take a picture of it, Put it on a cloth, and on the cloth have a bunch of Velcro gold dollar signs. Uh huh. Okay. But you know, you know that's it. That's it. Yeah. So it. Yeah, I'm pleased with the result. That's I the, didn't expect quite this much praise, but um, that's the first. That's the first thing you got to get past. The second thing you got to get past is, geez, I feel a little funny just putting my own face up there and, and generating like I'm at the center of it somehow. You got to push through that because this is the fact. And this is a business fact. You are one of the faces of the company. And that means that you might as well have a fucking banner put on your fucking forehead. And it's part, of your it's, part of, right. <laughs> it's part of your corporate responsibility to wear only that face when you're in the professional public's eye. Right. And in fact, a company might say you need to comport yourself according to certain standards. That when you're at a conference and Damn you go it. to one of these after parties, you're not one of the guys who's standing there wearing his jockey shorts that looks suspiciously like Speedos dancing uh -huh. on the table with a martini in your hand. Shit. I'll have to change for next time. Ah, I knew it. I God. knew it. I didn't the think they released out. that video. The Man. video's out, brah. Yeah, the I did a little bit of Twitter marketing, but but so far I think my talk has more views on YouTube than, than any other talk at the conference. So that's I'm pleased by that. That's a signal to it. And we're getting hits on both our podcasts to a degree that certainly surprised but particularly the one that we stopped doing right. you know it's people are clicking that shit they're clicking that shit yeah i wonder how they're getting there yeah i don't know they're, they're um, researching it they might type in anyway we don't yeah. want to switch over to the other Whatever. it's it's well, anyway that's that so i got on this note yes. on this note, i want to say do you know billions is back on the air again i did not oh my god yes and they already two episodes. What they did was they took season five, I don't know. which ended before it was over. And they the season ended because of COVID. And what they did was they picked up episode eight. And there's or episode seven, maybe whatever, but there's two episodes left. And they just picked up where the season left off. But here's the striking thing is that Pachiamati during COVID lost a bunch of weight, <laughs> shaved his beard off. Oops. And his hair has gone completely gray. And it's fascinating. I just have to talk about this. And I'll just say a few things because you'll need to see it before it means much. Is that just watching how they handle the way he looks differently, okay, is just one instantaneous opening scene. But the episode coming up, a bit of a spoiler here, is about uh, Axe, who wants to open a bank, as you from prior episodes. 
Oof. is I, that I, I don't know the last where, where I was on billions at the last time. I, I don't know. Did that you I was know that Axe was going to start a bank, or you may may not recall? I can't even remember if that. Okay, then I won't even I won't even go there with that. But suffice it to say that it's back and it's back strong, and in a couple of episodes. But one of the topics is about money, is about the marijuana industry, and this. There's a scene, I'm going to mention it to you, and you, you remember it, in, in the two episodes, there's a scene that is, what's his ass, Giamatti's character, cooking an omelet for Mike, Prince, and for his daughter. And I want you to remember this scene, and we could dedicate a whole episode to it. It's about a three, it's a two or three minute scene. And cooking want, an omelet and marijuana is involved. Uh, indirect, yeah, yes, it is in the scene immediately before it. But that's, I don't want to, uh, it's not so much about that. It's about what the director and the screen, what the screenwriter and the director wanted to do with this clip that you remember. All right. I will put that on the yes. possible homework for the future. So you've done some homework. You've done some homework. Uh, we have the- Eden, I finished. And I've watched the second episode of Scenes from a Marriage. I don't know where you want to start. Let's talk about Eden. Okay. So I, I, I do like the, this genre of the same story told from the perspective of a different character. It's wonderful. Every episode. Like I, I, while I also can't recall another show that has done that, although some movies do that, the, it was fun. But it was exceptional. I thought it really, it helps if you're binging and you can hold all of it in your memory uh, as you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, like one time a week passed between a couple episodes, and I was a little bit lost. But right. yeah, it, it's a cool, it's a cool genre. I and as you said last time, you said you have to watch them all until we can talk about it. Because that's right. It's, now, not, the, it's not a it's not a show that it's not a story that uh, unfolds. It's like the whole story is contained. It's, it's a scene from above. It's a scene from above. All these different characters. I'm sure, there are novels the that same. do that too. Huh? Aren't there novels that like follow yes. a different character for each yes. chapter yes. or whatever? Yeah. Yes. Sometimes not in the same time space as this is. Right. But given the screenwriting, the location, the premise, all that, I gotta, I gotta premise this. I gotta give you the premise as to why I said, I don't want to talk about it until you've seen the whole thing because this is what you've said about crime stuff. You said, I don't like, I don't like the ones so much that I don't know who did it. I just as soon watch them and know who did it from the beginning and just watch how all that unfolds. And I said- I, you, you think that's my position? You said it. I don't, I, I assume so, unless you were making it up at the time. No, unless, I think you're unless mischaracterizing you, my position. Oh, I, let me say this to start. If I am, I'm not doing it purposefully. Okay, look. I don't, I'm not trying to mischaracterize. You're negating what is my pet peeve of you watch the whole series, and then in the last episode, a new character appears, and they were the one that did it. Uh, yeah. So it's not that I want to know from the beginning. I uh, want the character that is guilty to have been there from so the beginning. So anyway, as I recall that, I misunderstood it. Yes. <laughs> or as you would say, mischaracterized it. Therefore, some of the premise of me telling you to wait. But regardless of that. But what, uh, it was clear you... to me who... It was clear to me pretty early on that who the bad cop was, and also that the bumbling drunkard cop was also going to be the one to crack the case. Well, and that's the, that's that, pretty. I thought that was. I, I agree with that. I, you would figure that out as well. But let me tell you. Let me just ask you this: on a scale of one to five, we're on a scale night tonight. All right, it's a fish night. Scales, scale of one to five. How surprised were you in the final episode of who the perpetrator actually was? Five being, I fell off my chair. One was, nah, I knew that. 
So the perpetrator of which crime? The murder of the lead character. The so, central crime of the entire series. The, the murder of Hedwig. Yes. Remind me who that was. <laughs> the murder the, of... The, the, remind you who the murder... <laughs> no, I bet you said she's this shit. I watched this late at night. It, you got a COVID symptom. The, You're losing your memory. It wasn't, it wasn't the cop, was it? Oh, my God. Wait a minute. You know what? We're done with this. Go right. back, watch it again. Shit. And, okay. Well, I have this meeting. Okay. Can't believe. It, it, I, I apologize. You didn't, you didn't do your homework. What you didn't the... do your homework. You wa- you walked through it. I it's read... like the teacher gave you a book to read, and you read, sped through it. You turned all the pages. Yeah. The book was done. You threw it down. You said, "My homework's over." No. Yeah. Okay. No. I will go back and take take better notes. What? One question. What the fuck sort of a name is Hedwig? Hedwig. For, heard... Named after Saint Hedwig. Google it. There's a saint. Yes. I did Google it, and the primary Hedwig is the, um, not to pull it back to, to my talk, but is the the owl from Harry Potter. Apparently it's named Hedwig. St. Hedwig actually is a few centuries ahead of the is a, Harry uh, Potter character. Ahead of uh, J.K. Rowling. St. Hedwig. And it, is it a male name? I think so. I don't know, frankly. I don't know. St. Hedwig. St. Hedwig. St. Hedwig, Texas. City of St. Hedwig of Silesia. All right. So he's a member of the Bavarian, born in 1174. She is... She? Yes. This is Hedwig of Silesia. She was canonized. That's it. Yes. A member of the Bavarian Comital House of Endex. What did Duchess she do that made her a saint? What was her miracles? Let's see. She was a widow. Veneration. She was canonized. Da, da, da. Why, why was she canonized? Her feast day is on my mother's birthday. <laughs> well. According to legend, when she went barefoot, even in winter, she was urged by the Bishop of Rocklaw to wear shoes. She carried them in her hands. She had a great zeal for her faith and supported her husband in donating blah, blah, blah. So Hedwig was barefoot the entire series. Yes. There you go. There it is. I've just made the connection for you. Okay. Real live, real live television, right? Hedwig glasses right are named here. after Hedwig. Hedwig glass. So there's a type of. You seem excited. Might you change your name to Hedwig? At least as a middle name, Eric Hedwig, Rasmussen. No. no. I like the way the guy pronounced your name. It's I'll bring you, of course, Eric Rasmussen. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I went over it with him a couple times beforehand. Hey, you do what you can do. Do what you do. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna punt Hedwig uh, Hedwig's murder to next time because okay. fucking COVID erased my memory. So uh, and so, let's talk about a stunning series, stunning scenes from a marriage. Last okay, so after so, after last week, uh-huh. I went back and I rewatched the first episode to see if I could see uh-huh. any of your. Uh, Catholic uh, dog whistling bullshit. Dog, dog whistling. <laughs> you. And <laughs> how kind of you. <laughs> no, but that's what it is. It's symboli- symbolism that sure, is only going to sure be understood is. by a, a sure subset. It it's an old man, frankly, blowing through a dog whistle. Someone probably pissed through the dog whistle. My brother did that to me. Yeah. Here's a shout out to Joe. 
12 years old, 8 years old, he's 12, I'm 8, whatever, 10, a couple years older than me, and him and a bunch of his buddies are sitting around where we used to hang out, and they got a whistle. And unbeknownst to me, they pissed in it. I think you've told this story. And, I love it. Keep going, though. <laughs> and I come in, and my brother says, he says, hey, look what we got. And I said, what is it? And he says, it's a whistle. Oh, really? And I reach for it, and, and he says, blow it. And I blow it, and piss comes all out of the whistle and goes all over my face. So anyway, that's what that reminds me of. Not a pleasant memory, now that I've said it. Fucking brother. Yeah, I think we discussed this like 100 episodes ago, and I made the well, joke that it was, it was a pistol. But... A pistol or a pistol? Yes. So scenes of a marriage. Scenes from yeah. a marriage. And, you, and then, so the so class I watched week, it, and the, the backlit stuff, and the way she was all draped in the sheets and stuff. I don't know. I don't think it was intentional. I don't think what you received was was being broadcast necessarily. I, I do. I still do. And I and will tell you. The creator you. of the show and the, the writer and director and creator is, is super Jewish. Could yes. lend potentially some. Would, because this is the thing, is that at the heart of this is religion. At the heart of the series so far is, the, is religion. Hmm. It's the fact that John has forsaken his faith and is forced with the, the an abortion which in his face, of course, would, would, would not be allowed. And so the portrayal of the woman as the Blessed Virgin with is what I'm calling an unmistakable hue of blue. Mira is her name, which is only Mira, one letter sorry. away from uh, Maria. It's, it's, it's in the artistic, in, in art history, the entire focus or lens of the Virgin Mother of Jesus in historical art has an entire branch of it, which is about the blue-robed, halo, piata type. I have done know. some Googling, and I have, for sure, there's a bunch of blue. She always has a blue So I, if it's not so direct as the Blessed Virgin, it certainly is to bring up the idea of innocence in the sanctity of woman and the painful experience of, from so many different perspectives, the painful part of the perspective of childbearing, particularly if a loss of a child is involved, which is something that I'm very close to. Mm -hmm. So the, the fact that that imagery was to me not only striking, but almost fairly obvious, maybe more about my Catholic upbringing and my understanding, I am surrounded here by no fewer than three portraits of the Virgin Mother in my office. Wow. My favorite of which I've shown you before. I'm not going to take it off the wall, but it's an abstract. And yes. it, she's not in a blue robe. She's in a red robe. But but no matter. The, Is that just because the, it's part of your sense of self? Or like you don't cross yourself when you walk into the office or anything? Now that you mention it, I, I do make the sign of the cross as I genuinely before I climb into my chair. No, I am I am completely happy with the and celebrate the whole virgin blessed mother thing i i just i'm a student of it it was a big part of my upbringing it's a mythology without a question and there are so many connections with my life that it's just one of those things that i celebrate in fact i've got a, a painting on a wall of the same woman who painted the virgin mother there of five saints who are portrayed with the yellow halo and it's done very stark jolting kind of manner of the abstract virgin mother that I showed you earlier, but that... No, but there are people in, in Spain... Angel. Like, my some of my neighbors, when they 
cross the threshold out into the out into the outside, they will cross themselves. Or when walking into the grocery store, they will do a little cross. Just threshold crossing crossing is a is going a through moment. a corridor. A threshold being going from this space to that space yeah. is a time to request some yes. help from the Almighty. Yes, I guess. Yes, it says one of our internet connections is unstable. No, that's. Did you see that on your screen? No, that means it's you. I mean, that means it's me. Well, you're you're unstable. But the oh, so tell me about getting worse as that turns out. Let's back to where we were. The you ex. You thought it was obvious that they were making a Mary reference in the in episode one. And yeah, and it's it was two watchings two. and even attempting on the second watch to to see it. It felt tenuous to me, but but then haven't been steeped that it was an image It was a moment of imagery at the end of one. There was no evidence of it in, of that imagery again in number in episode two. This is what I asked you last time that you, and maybe there's a pattern here, but you couldn't remember the opening. When yes. she was actually well, I, an yes. actress, and, and you I, somehow missed it. Maybe you were out in the kitchen getting a, a coke or something. I don't know. Yeah. You saw that, and then surprise, episode two opens similarly, yes. but this time it's Isaac. And again, on the second watch, I was like, "Oh yeah, they did do this," and everything that you said uh, came back and was true. And then, of course, on episode two, they do it again, and presumably that's going to be a thing that they do every time. And I kind of who would be the third character? I don't think that's true. They're gonna. No. There's only two. No. They're not going to do that with somebody new. They might do it with her again. They might do it with him again. Or they might not ever do it again. Well, That's my guess is that we've seen the end of that. But it, That's it, my guess. It goes so well with the title of the show. Sure it does. Sure it does. And It's the, astounding how the scenes are very clearly... There's a cut in between the scenes. There's yeah. a pause. There's. It's not lengthy by any stretch it's almost subliminal but it's there and i agree with that i think that it's absolutely genius to do what they did and to pull it off so this, this isn't is, an outtake <laughs> right but this is based on a 1973 swedish miniseries ingrid bergman ingmar bergman yes ingmar bergman yes instead of ingrid bergman yes true. I, I got that confused ingmar is the director apparently i also confused that <laughs> i thought it was the actress too I uh, thought that I thought she did a series like no. this, like she was the woman. And ah, okay, well, no, the actress is someone that we don't know. Some, it's but, extraordinary. But I'm curious, well like, if I had the free time, I would be curious to try and watch that as we were watching this, the, the modern one, just out of just to see what would happen. But anyway, episode two was pretty horrifying. Yes, I mean, it's it's basically how... what what every husband fears. <laughs> Or, or I don't know life about as well, that. but when your when your spouse comes to you and says, "Hey, honey, I fell in love," like that, that's a, a bit of a shocker. That sort of hurts. as it was for him. Interesting depth of character, how he reacted to that, and how well Indeed. he did in episode one to make his reaction in episode two not a surprise at all. Right. But in fact, which you almost would have expected from him based on episode one. Because he's he, the calm her, intellectual of their relationship, whereas she's not to stereotype, she's but more passionate and, and, and emotional. <laughs> yes, or, uh, or one might say she's Venus and he is... Jupiter. No. Jupiter? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Look it up. Google it. We'll see which one's right. I'm riveted. Absolutely riveted. Yeah, uh, the and, emotions, like, it's so... It's so real. There are actors at the top of their game. And him packing her suitcase. Right. Told you all you ever need to know about his character. Right. Look, look, honey, I know that you're leaving me. 
She pushed, but he but, pushed but her don't out of to, the way. But you don't have to pack a suitcase. He <laughs> physically pushed her out of the way. Did you catch that? I did. Yes. It was like, look, you. She was like, maybe care. I don't need to take all these shoes. And he was like, move. I'm gonna make this right. I'm gonna make this right. Make the suitcase right. because that's the sort of, you know, c control anally retentive sort of yeah. person that he is. I can't control anything else, but I sure as fucking control fixing the suitcase. Right. I can pack your. Right. I can pack my wife's suitcase efficiently so she can leave me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas heavy. Yeah. Just trying to to be in his shoes there with him doing that is just it's so hard because yeah. he's repressing yeah. all yeah. of that yeah. emotion to yes. be intellectual yes. about the best way to yes. Tetris this suitcase together. Yes. Yes. And so let me let me let me remind you of the other homework and, and this may be our concluding point here. Oh dear. Is you didn't do your homework yet, I wouldn't imagine, for American Rust with Jeff Daniels. Wow. That was like that 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 so was now a the second news... episode is completed. Oh no, I remember that we talked about that that was a thing that was coming out, but then no. I have They've forgotten all about that. American Rust. Okay. You, you, like me, you, like me, are going to love it. It, it is just riveting. And I, I'll, we'll talk about it another time. But you've seen uh, Deer Hunter, the famous Scorsese pick. I have. And, and Christopher heard, Walken. I've heard a podcast about it, but I don't think I've seen it. It's like really okay, long well, and scary. I'm and sorry. Stuff, I'm right? sorry. It's, it, yeah. But it's also the Required. best. It's required. It is the best slice of American history on film. All right. Well, ever. It is the best slice of history, of a history that I'm part of, of Pennsylvania and that part of the country, of blue collar factory workers, mm -hmm. of the Vietnam War and the horrors and the discomfort and the weddings and the Polish. And the ethnic joys and the the crippled characters. All right, I will. I, I, I'm, I'm a little you, I'm a little handicapped because I am forced to share an apartment with an eight year old at the moment. Well, and I have a movie for children. There um, is nothing in this movie that a child should see. Right, that's about it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to need to nothing. But that's that's, shoes and, uh, that's a prerequisite for your homework though, because your homework is American Rust. And I'm suggesting to you that a prequel to American Rust for you is your homework on this. But, you know, you don't necessarily have to go in the order. It's only seven hours of homework. That's, that's Whatever. Why. What, what don't do I to me. What do you do? You sit around. You yeah. nowhere to go. Exactly. Right. No, I, I have to play video games and stuff in, here with, with my captor. Well, I'm out of here, bro. Out. All right. I'm by the out. next time we talk, I should be COVID-free. Okay, and, and then we can cough on each other's faces and stuff. Through the Zoom call. <laughs> I have to break out the uh, COVID blues for the next show. I've got it here somewhere. Okay. All right, this has been lovely. See you all next lovely. time. Lovely, lovely. It's been lovely. Okay, that's it for episode number one twenty-seven. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 127, where you can find a link to my talk if you would like to learn a little bit more about JavaScript and state machines and shit. And you can support us at patreon.com slash happy hour. We would really appreciate that. Take care of yourself. We'll see you next week.